Let's go for us. I've been, as a pastor, sometimes mothers, it's hard to prepare for. We think it's got to be theme. We've got to, a woman hero of the Bible. And I could have picked Sarah, or the great woman of faith, and her story, or Deborah, the judge, seeing the enemy defeated. But I was reading the story of this woman this week. And it's a familiar story. I didn't really like how they, they named the chapter in the Bible as the car was the woman caught in adultery. Like, so sin-focused, didn't we? Like, that's not just a whole story. If you look in your Bible at chapter, John chapter 8, if you've got your Bibles, if you follow along, John chapter 8, the title is A Woman Caught in Adultery. I think, well, that's just the sin side of the story. They could have put the woman set free by the power of Jesus. And I was, I was reading this this week. I was just walking along a beach in a good place, as I said before, just to go and walk and to pray. And I was just in tears of how Jesus dealt with this woman. Just, he's so, he's more loving than we think he is loving. He's more gracious than we think he is gracious. And that story could have went so many different ways. But when we see the heart of Jesus for somebody that was caught, captured in adultery, caught in an awful sin, how he dealt with her, it's a phenomenal, phenomenal story. And it shines a great light on how Jesus deals with people in hopeless situations. I'm amongst real people this morning, and I, we can discuss real issues. Or if we, if we don't, we can, we can just fudge our things in church, but I want to de-fellowship. We, we real people that go through real stuff, feels real things, and we serve a real loving Jesus that really cares for us and wants to set us free. John chapter 8, it's a story, a condemnation. People were just out to condemn this lady. Next week we'll get up in there. Now. Let me just read John chapter 8. Jesus returned to the Mount of Olives. Early the next morning, he was back at the temple. A crowd soon gathered. So Jesus is teaching. A crowd gathered around about him. This was a church service led by Jesus. He sat down and taught them. As he was speaking, the teachers of religious law, the teachers of religious law, religious people, Jesus was always clashing with these people. In Matthew 23, he goes on a rant about these people. Woe to you, you Pharisees, you Sadducees. You take so much care on looking perfect, so much care or looking holy in public places, but inside you're like a whitewashed tomb full of dead man's bones, and when people come in contact with you, they're cursed. He spoke about him in terms of, you've got other show, you expect so much for the people, yet you don't help the people. 
I've been angry about things that Jesus isn't angry about. But Jesus seemed to be really angry with a spirit or religion that expected much and just condemned people. But it was ah, for sure. They looked to show they had God's favor upon their lives, but inside, didn't they care about God? Didn't they care about the people? Jesus said about them, you, you, you worship with your lips, but your heart's far from God. And here's the same people trying to trick Jesus. The teachers, this is the teachers. The commandments about loving God, loving your neighbor, this is them that taught these things, yet here they are. Dragon, verse 3, as he was speaking, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. They put her in front of the crowd. Teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman has, was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her. What do you say? What do you say? She's caught. She did it. And there was two of them. It was a setup. They were trying to trick Jesus. She got caught in the act. You ever understand how that must have felt for her. One minute she's enjoying a moment, the next minute a bunch of men goes in, grabs her, drags her, doesn't hang around to wait till she gets her beautiful clothes back on, drags her to the church service, comes and throws her down in front of Jesus in front of the crowd. Far was the man, he was left. He was probably a Pharisee, probably one of the teachers, because this was an absolute setup. She was bit. She was a worm to catch the fish that was Jesus. How do you think she felt? How do you think she felt? Anybody? Come on. Humiliated. Shame. Somebody else. Sorry? Guilt. Horrible. Condemnation. Exposure. Filthy. Rotten. This was the day I would have been a Facebook live going down while she was getting dragged, while she was getting thrown. I thought I was going to stick up for her. This was a mob. People do things in a mob that they didn't do on their own. The mob mentality. I used to run with a mob before. I used to get up to so much. I would never have done that on my own. But yet you get in with the crowd, you get into the mob, and suddenly you're standing with a stone going for this woman that's caught in the act of adultery. She felt filthy. She felt condemnation. She felt rubbish. She felt exposed. She felt alone. And you might say, well, I've never been caught in the act of adultery. I'm then said to me. I've never, I've never experienced that. I would say every single person that's went through this life and becoming a Christian, you have felt condemnation. The title of this message is I do not condemn you. The spirit of religion that drags us 
spirit of religion. There's a right religion that is godly, that is pure, that is righteous, that is holy, but there's man-made religion. The Bible's very clear on us. Paul spends half the book of Galatians, a lot of the time in his letters, he's speaking about who has bewitched you. You started by grace and mercy and love. Now you're coming under the law, and you're worrying about people. Are they good enough because they're circumcised? Who has bewitched you? He became legalistic. Did the miracles that were done amongst you come because you were good or because you had faith? It was because you had faith. You got saved because you had faith. It was miracles because you had faith. Now, have we, why have we set a standard of fault-finding and people's not good enough for Abba Father? And it's our legalism. You're not worthy enough. You're not good enough. You're not praying enough. You're not holy enough. You're useless. And this spirit or the last spirit or religion will drag you to a place that you don't want to go and you just feel constantly condemned. If you've ever been a Christian long enough, I spent years like this. I, I was like the grand old Duke of York of Christianity. When I was up, I was up. I was on fire. I was fasting and praying and thinking, oh yeah, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, me. It's like day in life. But I'll tell you something, when I was doing, I was down. When you felt so hot, done. I'm not as great as people think I am. I'm not as holy as people think I am. Conviction will lead you gladly to the mercy seat of Jesus so that you might find grace with a smile. But when condemnation catches you, it wants to drag you. It wants to throw you in the dust, throw you at the feet Oh, Jesus, and says to Jesus, what are you going to deal with this guy? He, he should be stoned. I'm not speaking about marijuana and reefers. I'm speaking about stone, stoned. We are stoned. Hitting, punishment, condemnations about punishment. Sometimes it's not about other people punishing you. You punish yourself enough. Because you can the mistakes you have made. Some of them have been made public. Some of them are so private. But you know what you know. This woman was exposed. It's like being on a diet. And you go for a sneaky jar on Nutella. And you put the spoon in that jar on Nutella. Think, I want a, a sneaky feast here. And then you look up and there's somebody watching you. And you are exposed and you are caught. And you are uh, caught red-handed thinking, oh no, if that ever happens to you, I googled this, Nutella is actually really good for you. Did you care that? It's full of different vitamins and calciums, it isn't fun, and other, uh, even some healthy things. So that's my justification. I'm sticking by it. Too much will cause you diabetes, so just, <laughs> just watch yourself. We are. Condemnation. I may be just preaching to myself here, but I have felt the, the dragon awareness and in the darkness or this voice of condemnation that's out to get me and really hates Jesus, and he gets to Jesus by condemning his people. The devil is called biblically the accuser of the brethren. 
He's out to accuse you. He's out to say to you, call yourself a Christian. You unholy, ungodly person. We are mark mistakes. You say, oh, no, not me, not me. Consider us. We put on the screen your thoughts or the last week. Or your thoughts and actions of the last week. And you'll find we've all fallen short. We, we'll put up and we'll just all get popcorn and it'll flash up. All the WhatsApp group messengers that you are part of. You and nobody's watching. And the people are. Nobody's watching. Oh, no. You thought you were holy until your WhatsApp group messages became apparent to Abdi. We'll put up the conversations behind the scenes. You speaking about people that you're supposed to be really chummy with. You're, you're fault finding with them behind their back. And we'll just, we'll just sit and watch and eat our popcorn. We'll, we'll put up your thoughts and actions because Jesus doesn't just know your actions. He, your thoughts, your heart. You want to speak about adultery. Jesus says, the law says, come on, adultery deserves a death. But Jesus says, you, you even lust about somebody in your heart. You, you even look at somebody else with an attitude of lust. You have already committed adultery in your heart. Oh, oh you think you, you're not like this woman. You think she's in a league of her own, and you kind of relate to her. I can relate to this woman. If you've ever felt condemned, lost, the religious legalistic system, you just didn't feel good enough for Jesus, you didn't feel good enough for God, your wife might ken it, your husband might ken it, your kids might feel it, but inside, you know it, that you are being beat up day on day, you can't sleep at night, you're scared if Jesus comes back, he's got to throw you into the pits, oh hell, but look at this woman, caught, apprehended, Verse 4, they came to him as a teacher. Teacher, they said to Jesus. They had really thought about this. How to trap Jesus. They were jealous of Jesus. Jesus was really kind. Jesus was powerful. Jesus got stuff done. He healed people. He set people free. Not just, ah, oh, he's teaching. This was a teaching service. We need to care for it is. Not just to expect God just to clear up our mess by miracles. We expect teaching. He spent a lot of his time teaching his disciples. The kingdom of heaven is like us. The farmer takes some seeds. The kingdom of heaven is like us. We need to care for it as maybe if we got the teaching and became biblically frameworked in our thinking and our mind and our heart. We wouldn't need so much miracles to set us free from some shambles or a mess that we made, but yet God will do a miracle, but he really wants us to get his teaching of the truth, because it is the truth that will set us free. So there came teacher. They said to Jesus, this woman was caught. Like, we just happened to be stumbling upon this woman. Caught in the act. The spoon was in the jar. We caught her. The law of Moses says to stone her, what do you say? They were trying to trap him, using this woman to get to Jesus. 
into saying something they could use against him. But Jesus stooped down and wrought in the dust with his finger. They kept demanding an answer. So he stood up again and says, all right, but let the one who's never sinned throw the first stone. Then he stooped down and wrought in the dust. He stooped down. He stooped down. Verse 6 says he stooped down. Verse 8 said he stooped down again. Fit, how does Jesus give her this scene? Right? She's been caught in the act. It's undeniable. She's dragged before the teacher, the rabbi, Jesus. The Pharisees know the law. They try to track Jesus. This is a guy that's sitting with sinners and setting people free. So they say, okay, she's been caught. This is a kangaroo court. There's witnesses, more than two witnesses. We've been watching. Really weird. They've been watching. And by the law, she should get stoned, Jesus. If I you got idea. Jesus is in a mighty predicament here because he came to fulfill the law. If he said, all right, stoner, then he wouldn't be the graceful, loving Jesus that set us free for the power of sin, death, and the power of the law. If he said stoner and agreed, and this would go against the, if you have seen the, me, you've seen the Father, Father didn't come to stone sinners. He came to set people free. If he agreed, he would have been like them. You to catch the sinner. You to make him feel disappointed. If he agreed with Moses, he would have been just like them. However, if he says, let's ignore the law, well, Jesus came under the law to fulfill the law. If he says, oh, let's just now think about the law then, he's got problems there as well. He's got problems if he says, just ignore Moses, just, just ignore the book that was written. Jesus is trapped. Sometimes the best thing you can do when you're trapped is not to say a word. I didn't open your mouth. You feel as though you're in entrapment. We speak too much. These people with stones. And you might think, we would I do that name We would I got stones. We're not see somebody looking about for stones to, to hate on the sinner. Just be careful. Facebook, social media, there's loads of stones flying about. How can you be a politician these days as soon as they advertise something good they're doing? A bunch of people with stones jump on under the comment section and just smash them to pieces. You know what I'm saying? Be careful that you carry into social media with stones and just trying to hit on people. Jesus says, that judge, lest you be judged. If you're one judge, keep on stoning people. With the measure you use, it will be measured back unto you. Jesus says, show mercy. Mercy shall be shown to you. Judgment always catches up in you. You go about stoning people and seek Jesus, it'll catch up in you. One day, it might be before the throne of the Father, you just keep stoning people. Do not judge, lest you be judged. These people were stoning. 
to judge this woman. Where is he going today? And he got down with his finger and he started drawing something in the sand. What did he say? As probably wants to can, what did he say? He just kept on drawing. He got down to far she was. He stooped. And then she started shouting at him, demanding, while well, he's being patient, even though it doesn't look like he's working, he's, he's still working. And he just keeps writing. And they start shouting, demanding, Come on, Jesus! Rabbi, teacher, fair! You got a day. And he just keeps, he keeps stooping. And he keeps writing. And he keeps going, doing it at her level. And she's there, she's in the dirt, she's in the mess. It's only him and her. I'm not sure if Jesus even looked at her to preserve her dignity. The rest of the mob are standing with rocks, and he's, he's stooped to far she was. The whole message of the gospel is that holy Jesus would stoop and come down and be with us in our mess. Jesus loves, the Father loves coming down to far you're at. It started in a garden in Genesis at Eden and the Father coming down and hen awake and then this world is polluted and messed up by sin and Jesus is holy, was pure and then looks at the condition of humanity and says, here I am, send me. I'll go rescue them. I'll go pay the penalty and it says, this holy one of God Brought to this world through Mary, but the virgin birth, he was holy, pure. For that moment, he did not sin, but he came down to this polluted world. He stooped down to our level. He breathed the same atmosphere as me and you. This was Creator God. Everything was made by Him, through Him, for Him. This is Jesus Christ, the great I am. He was never nay a king. He was never nay Lord, but He came. He created lungs, and then one day He was breathing through Him because He decided to stoop down to walk this dusty, sandy road, this sand-polluted system like humanity. He came and He rubbed shoulders with us, the brain that He invented. He then had to think we. The stomach that He created, He got hungry when He was fasting. He got weak. He got tired. He put on flesh because He decided well, He was going to stoop. He was going to come down. And he who knew no sin became sin so that we might be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He died for our sin and our shame. He paid the penalty. And I'm grateful the day that Jesus stoops down to far we're at, even though everybody walks out in you. And Jesus is there in the dust. Even through even if Mother's Day is either a great celebration or a complete nightmare and you refuse to go into social media day because it sickens you because your heart still aches, Jesus is there. Hallelujah. Even if you've gambled at Awa in Ladbrokes, 
Jesus would be there with you. For he's already said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. If he was there with this woman that was caught in an act, he's there with you. Are your self-doubts, are your anxieties, are you cutting yourself up because you didn't think you were good enough? And you think, far is God the day I've messed up. Jesus still comes. And he still sits. And he still wants to deal with a voice of condemnation. He still stoops. Is the arm of the Lord too short to save? No. You need to stop double jeopardy. It's paying a price for a crime twice. Jesus took your sin. He took your shame. You don't need to pay the penalty for your sin. You need to stop feeling guilty in Jesus' name. Abdi Aswaktut, the mob might be against you. Your sin's been made public. Where is Jesus? He stays around you. He sits with you. Or your money might be gone. Or your friends might be gone. People turn their back on you. Jesus would still be there with you. And he's just writing in the sand. He's not saying a word. What did he write? That's something you can maybe ask Jesus when you get to glory. Nobody cares, actually. There's a guess. The best guess is this, that forever he wrote, exposed the sin of the Pharisees, of the teachers, because then Jesus says, all right, then I'll do a deal with you. Let them who has never sinned, you cast the first stone against this woman. I'm putting this on to you. So there was a good guess, forever he wrote. He maybe just started writing the sins of the mob, the names of the people that they had slept with. Maybe he just exposed a pedophile ring. He started the names of the kids, the names of the things that they thought was secret. Oh, it's okay to get public retribution for public sinners. Be careful because Jesus might start shining a light into uh, to your life. Well, oh, no, <laughs> please, Dad, Jesus. Every wrote, exposed the crowd, one by one. Okay, I'll let you throw a stone, but this is the deal. Only them that have never sinned. Jesus was the only one qualified in that hell mob to throw a stone. The only one that never sinned. If anybody hasn't sinned, you come here with your condemnation, to see punishment in this woman caught in the act. Okay. You go ahead, but you make sure, because we could hear a court case like this after this woman, and you could be standing in the middle, and I'll just expose your son and see how you feel. And whatever he wrote, Verse 9, when the accuser heard this, the accusers, the accuser of the brethren, when the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest, until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with a woman. This is for them that feel condemned. 
This is for them that might not feel condemned today, but might face it tomorrow or next week. One by one. One by one. I had a cane for you, wrote. But the allest guy there suddenly said, She's not so bad. I can for you, wrote. But the allest guy here suddenly says, I was out of time. <laughs> I need to get home for my dinner, lads. I need, I need to go home. I can't be part of this. I can for you, wrote. But Jesus shut him up. And I can't fit you right, but as soon as all this guy says, I'm off, guys. It's like the, the gaff, if you're all, you're making a gaff is, right? The younger crowd, see Moses, uh, Moses, Homer Simpson, gone into the hedge. You can't out in. It's like I'm just slipping out the back here. Nobody noticed me. As soon as all this guy did that, the second all this guy looked at him, Ooh, was that a time? I have to be somewhere. I need to go. Then the, th- the third dollars guy looked at them too. And then the third dollars guy, she's not so bad. She's not so bad as we thought. I need to slap a off of judgment here. The fourth dollars guy, this was a mob. One by one, Alice in perfect order. Alice to the youngest. She's not so bad. Came a trap. Jesus hardly opened his mouth. Didn't side with Moses. Didn't come against. But released her for every voice of condemnation that was there to see her in the dirt and punished. Then Jesus said these words to her. Where are your accusers? Where's that voice of accusation? Where's the mob that was against you? Where's the people that were shouting you were filthy? Deal with her, punish her, stone her. Where's the people that dragged you, spotting you, kicked dirt on your face? Where have they gone? Didn't even one, not even one solitary voice that is left to see you punished? No, Lord. She said, Jesus said, that's what drives me to tears. Neither do I go and sin no more. Where is your accusers now? Are they still here? No. I do not condemn you. Go and sin no more. This was a woman that just got set free for the voice of condemnation, the voice of legalism, the voice of unworthiness, the voice of filthiness, the voice of rejection. She got set free. And Jesus said these words, I do not condemn you. I pray that every single person here would be set free for condemnation. I was speaking to, to Ruth on Friday, because I was like, just to wind my, my week pan out, and I usually keep a sermon to prepare for Friday night. But it was a busy week, and we was standing at a bouncy castle, 
And I was like, look, I need to go home. I need to prepare for Sunday. And she's like, oh, for you speaking. And I said, well, it's maybe near the greatest Mother's Day message you've ever heard, but I've got, it's a woman caught in adultery. It's a book condemnation. And these, she says, oh, it might be perfect. Because I never realized there's this thing called mom's guilt, and I presume there's a thing called dad's guilt. It's when you bring your kids up, you've always got this feeling, you have not done enough for them. You're at your depth being a parent. Mom's got, I want any demur for my kids. I want to say every person in here, whether you're mother, father, son, daughter, be free for condemnation in Jesus' name. Heart condemnation, rejection, and you might be stoning your cell. Because you can't, you, every night, oh, I'm just, woe is me. God wants to take you for woe is me to woe is he. Take you for, whoa, I deserve all the punishment, just Holy Spirit, just beating up my back because I deserve the stripes. Jesus says, no, turn your woe is me to woe is he. Because he was the one that took the beating for you. He is the one that took your sin and took your shame. And if I could give a gift on a person that's be free for condemnation in Jesus' name. I spent years never feeling good enough for Jesus. Never feeling worthy enough. And it can still affect me. And it can still drag me down. And it can still beat me up and throw me out of the dust. But you've got to hear the words of the Father of the day, the precious words of Jesus. Neither do I. I do not condemn you. Free for condemnation. Romans. Therefore, there is no condemnation for them that are found in Christ Jesus who are led not according to the works of the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Why do we live with so much condemnation when Jesus Christ came to set us free? He didn't come to stone you. He came to save you. He didn't come for you to be bound up in worthless religion. He came to set you free for the chains. He didn't come for you to feel useless. He came for you to feel useful in the house of God. He didn't come for you, Stella, every other oh, years of attending church and hearing sermons. He didn't come so that you might feel like a sinner. For he continually tells you, you are a son of the Most High God. Blameless and spotless in his sight. But hey, you came my mistakes. I came for Jesus done on the cross. Stop punishing yourself with the punishment that he already received for you. What I learned here, because that struck me as well, because I've did Bible theology courses. I've got a framework for salvation, how people get led to salvation. The question is, and maybe an easy answer, is, is she saved? Was she saved? You're scared of getting it wrong. Like Jesus says to her, I do not condemn you. Is she saved? 
you think she's saved? Let me ask you another question. Do you think she's in heaven? Do you think she's in heaven? Like if Jesus says, how are your life? I'd I'd condemn you. Now, she did, he did say, go and sin no more. So when he get us right, he says, I'm setting you free. I didn't approve of what you've done. Right? He said, I didn't approve of what you've done. I'm not a champion of adultery. I'm setting you free. Then I go back. Religion twists it and says, uh, if you sin less, continually, you will feel less condemnation. Jesus says, first thing is first, I'm setting you free. No condemnation first. And you get full of love. You realize you're a son of the most. You don't want to go back. You don't want to go back. You don't want to go back to adultery when you have felt the love, the grace, the mercy, and Jesus has rescued you from a miserable scenario. We should saved. Yes, okay? No condemnation. Sins washed away. God, she is as much right to be in heaven as you or me. Well, I get the same deal Jesus said. I don't condemn you. Right? So I'm thinking this, she's saved. She's in heaven, I'm going to see her. Wow. Then I thought, what did she do to obtain her salvation in such a great sentence for Jesus to say, I do not condemn you? Because if you retrace this story, she only says two words which marks no theological sense to one thing I've ever learned so far. Easy. Blind Bartimaeus cries out, Son of David, have mercy on me! Son of David, have mercy on me! Jesus says, you want? Oh, I want to see, receive sight. It would have uh, made better theological sense for me if she turned up in the scene, Jesus, I repent, I'm sorry. And then he would have had a great opportunity to say, look, well, I condemn you. Forgive. She only says two words through the whole story, so we've got a theological problem. Be careful when you come to Jesus with your theologies. Because I did say this when I read this. I said, Jesus, she doesn't say enough (laughs) for salvation. She's not asking for forgiveness. She's not groveling in repentance. Jesus deals with the accusers. He asks her a question. She says two words, and it's nay even yes, Lord. He didn't say, do you want saved? Yes, Lord. He said, follow your accusers, and she said, no, Lord. They're not here. I say, I, when I was looking, I said, Jesus, it didn't say enough. And then a scripture hopped my spirit, and then it was like, it's not that she's not said enough. She says two words, and only one would have done. Because my Bible tells me in Romans that all who cry, on the name of the all who cry on the name of the 
last time, so everybody in here gets this. All who cry on the name of the will be saved. Two words. One would have been enough. As soon as the Spirit within her spoke the word, Lord, there was a something within Jesus that says she's got this. No condemnation. Everybody's seen him as a teacher. Teacher, tell us, teacher, tell us, teacher, tell us. But one woman caught in the act. Lord, all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. I was reading about church in Corinthians, the church protocol processes, in the test of spirit. The big test of your test in prophecy is that if they say that Jesus is Lord, that's the test that they have the Holy Spirit. Because it's the Holy Spirit, the witnesses within us and marks us speak, Jesus is Lord. The devil can say a lot of things. Teacher, rabbi, he's the one that has come to take us for the day of judgment. But only people that have got the Holy Spirit that want to see freedom, that find themselves in a difficult position down in the dust. Only them that sees Jesus Christ as Lord will be set free and will see Him for our eternity. And I pray this morning you might think, well, fevadi, 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 fevadi. Lord, I'm here. I feel unworthy. Lord Jesus, you're the authority here. I'm neither. You are Lord Jesus. And then Ham says, that's enough. Be free. Be free. Jesus frees you for condemnation. No weapon formed against you will prosper. Fucking, fucking condemn you. If Jesus applauds you, fucking kick spiritual dirt in your face. If Jesus has affirmed you, let's stand just a moment. This is such a vice. Two words, one was enough. You need to realize how it is to live without condemnation. That voice, that voice, that voice that keeps putting you doing, telling you, you're, you need to can. How, how do you deal with it? Call upon the name of the Lord. It's not just call upon the name of the Lord and you'll go to heaven. You'll be saved. He smashes the trap. This hell scene was a trap. Trying to trap Jesus through a woman. Pitiful. 
Jesus sees the trap that you're in, and He came to set you free. I pray for Abdian here, young and old. You live in this life long enough, you be a Christian long enough, you will face inner condemnation for your sale, for a legalistic spirit will try and keep you doing and snuff out God's sonship upon your life and try and bind you, restrict you, cause you to be miserable until you start believing the lies of the enemy and you stop believing the power of the cross that paid the penalty for your sin and shame to get to a point of saying, I deserve to feel like this because I'm so bad. And then you stay in that mentality until somebody tells you, as you need to see, is recognize Him as Lord, and He will set you free. He came, not just to free you for sin. That was a bit of the issue. He came to free you for the sin and the shame, so that you may be free to live for God. So, Jesus, I pray for everybody's heart in this place, youngest to allest, you came for effects as Jesus. We believe in the power of the Most High God, Lord Jesus Christ, that you came to set the captives free. You didn't come to bind us up in legalism and rules. It says that the law was given through a man called Moses, but Jesus brought grace and truth. And we call upon Lord Jesus to give our grace and truth. The truth is you call us as sons and daughters of the Most High God. The truth is you have paid the penalty for our, our sin, big and small, private and public. And we pray for that voice of discouragement, the accuser of the brethren, to go in Jesus' name. We loose every heart that is bound in Jesus' name. We break the spirit of guilt. We break the spirit of legalism. And we call upon the name of the Lord to be saved. You are a gracious and compassionate Most High God that didn't come to stone us. You came to set us free. And I pray for every heart that there be a freedom, a liberation, and here, for it says, not just in a banner, but in the Bible, that for the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And who the Son sets free is free indeed. We break the trap that the enemy has set for us to condemn us. We break it by the blood and the wonderful name of Jesus. We are sick and tired. We're feeling sick and tired that we didn't pray enough we're not obedient enough, we didn't read our Bibles enough, that we didn't do every I and cross every T, that we're imperfect human beings, we break our mindset in Jesus' name, nay that God approves a lack of Bible study, lack of prayer, but He would say, be free in Jesus' name, follow me because you want to follow me because you recognize He's a person worth following. Go and sin no more. Don't go back to the cycle, the bad habits or addiction when Jesus has set you free. He does not approve. Just because He set you free from it doesn't mean He approves of it. This is a sin-stained world. Jesus changed your hearts 
so that we would wakawa for the things that bind us. And we would follow you because we're set free, not because we feel too guilty, not because we feel too much shame, and we feel bound that we have to go to church on Sunday. I don't really want to. I've got to. I've got to tithe. I've got to go to the prayer meeting. I've got dinner. And I'll lose you in some favor. Bless us, Jesus, with the magnitude of your presence and favor and pray that everybody in here would feel loved in this world so much loneliness and hurt, and we're part of the problem. They would feel loved. They would feel loved. They would feel loved. They wouldn't think of the rules. They would feel loved. They wouldn't think of the restrictions. They would feel loved. They wouldn't feel the mistakes. They would feel loved. Ah, set every heart free. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Go and be free, people. Stop believing lies. Be teachable. Get into the Word. Everybody wants miracles to stop the mess. Jesus, they interrupted His teaching session. I find this. If you want to follow Jesus, if you want to be in His Word, then you just follow him. I didn't get up every morning. I'll need to try better. Let's follow the one that's worthy to be followed. I just said was Lord. I didn't condemn you. If you've led the doing in here, then you pack it up. Then you pack it up in a way out. You might make a mistake the night. Then you pack it up the night. Then you pick it up. Then I pick the sin up. Then I pick the condemnation. Be free, be free, be free in Jesus' name. We've just got to leave it here. Is that okay? I can't, some of you are probably, I can't, it's Mother's Day and people's got uh, meals to go to. But we pray that you have came, you've received something near on me, something near the worship team. If you came in here with condemnation, if you leave with condemnation, I feel so and I did my job. Like my job was to give truth to set people free. If you feel a little bit free, if completely free, hallelujah. It is a good day. I'll, I'll take that for the day. God bless you. Enjoy the rest of your day. Come to the prayer meeting on Tuesday. Bless you.